Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more and contact them at johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Pastor Rick Stevens. He's the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We'll visit with uh, Byron Donalds, candidate for U.S. Congress, and also he's our state representative. We'll visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, and Naples' former mayor, Bill Barnett, will be commentary on what's happening locally with Bill. It is June the 25th, and on this day in history, in 1950, armed forces from communist North Korea smashed into South Korea, setting off the Korean War. The United States, acting under the auspices of the United Nations, quickly sprang to the defense of South Korea and fought a bloody and frustrating war for the next three years. Korea, a former Japanese possession, had been divided into zones of occupation following World War II. U.S. forces accepted the surrender of the Japanese forces in southern Korea, while Soviet forces did the same in northern Korea. Like Germany, however, the temporary division soon became permanent. The Soviets assisted in the establishment of a communist regime in North Korea, while the United States became the main source of financial and military support for South Korea. On June the 25th, 1950, North Korean forces surprised the Southern Korean Army and the small U.S. force stationed in the country and quickly headed towards the capital city of Seoul. The United States responded by pushing a resolution through the U.N. Security Council calling for military assistance to South Korea. Russia was not present to veto the action as it was boycotting the Security Council at the time. With the resolution in hand, President Harry S. Truman rapidly dispatched U.S. land, air, and sea forces to Korea to engage in what he termed a political a police action. The American intervention turned the tide, and U.S. and South Korea forced marched into North Korea. The action, however, prompted a massive intervention of communist Chinese forces in late 1950. The war in Korea subsequently bogged down into a bloody stalemate. In 1953, the United States and North Korea signed a ceasefire that ended the conflict. The ceasefire agreement also resulted in a continued division of North and South Korea as just about the same geographical point as when the conflict began. The Korean forces were the first hot war of the Cold War. After 55,000 American troops were killed in the conflict, Korea was the first limited war, one in which the U.S. aim was not the complete and total defeat of the enemy, but rather the limited goal of protecting South Korea for the United U.S. government. Such an approach was only rational, uh, it was the only rational option in order to avoid a third world war and to keep from uh, stretching finite American resources too thinly. It proved to be a frustrating experience for American people who were used to the kind of total victory that had been achieved in World War II. The public found the concept of limited war difficult to understand or the support of the Korean War was never really gained popularity or popular support. Korean War started on this day in 1950. And that's how it all happened. Well, we have 81 new cases of COVID-19 in Collier County, bringing the uh, county's overall count to 3,456, 1,743 of which are Hispanic and 1,961 in Immokalee alone. We've tested 30,200 folks in Collier County, 329 tested positive under the age of 18, and that's kind of the new development right now, not only in Collier County, but in Florida and around the United States. Uh, and that's 329 out of 65,000 folks under the age of 18. Uh, the state also verified two additional COVID-19 related deaths in the county, increasing the total number of fatalities to 67. A total of 1,917 cases so far in June, with an overall positivity rate of 14.3%. In May, there was only 943 cases in the entire month with the positivity rate of 8.37. So as you can see, uh, there's more cases, and there's also a greater uh, number of people who are tested, a greater percentage of them getting the virus. 
299 people in Collier County have been hospitalized, and that's kind of the number to watch, isn't it? Uh, not a, a large number, and many of those have already have been released. Well, uh, and so we have to watch this. This is young people are becoming infected. I don't know where this is all going. We, of course, this is our first experience with this uh, COVID nineteen. But uh, a lot of most around uh, the United States, people are saying no more traveling, more face masks. Uh, hopefully, we won't won't have draconian measures taken here in Collier County. But we do need to keep people safe. Well, Naples landed as number two on this year's list of best small cities, according to a report generated by Residence Consultancy, a specialist in the destination branding industry. Reno, Nevada came in number one. The rankings are based on six categories, place, product, programming, people, prosperity, and promotion, referred to the six pillars or six Ps. The county, uh, city ranked number one for place and number three for people. Naples' top ranking for place came from its life-affirming sunsets, natural bounty, and impressive dining and cultural offerings. The city is praised for its strong sense of place and recognized for its efforts to protect the local environment and encourage smart growth. Bloomberg has called the rankings the most comprehensive study of its kind, identifying the cities that are the most desirable to work, live, and play, as well as to visit. So good news for uh, Naples. Of course, tourism is way off. Look forward to have Jack Wirt back on the show and talk to him about that. By the way, we have great uh, law enforcement here in Collier County. That's uh, when you t- take a look and see what's going on around the country. We can be very grateful for that. I actually stopped by the sheriff's substation yesterday on Vanderbilt Beach Road to express my gratitude. Felt very good about that, and I think it was appreciated by the uh, lieutenant that I visited with. But uh, you know, wanted to say thank you. You do great work, and I don't think it's uh, your. Uh, we, we express our gratitude enough, so I personally express my gratitude. Hope you'll do the same if you run into a sheriff's officer or police officer from Naples. A federal appeals court on Wednesday ordered a lower court to allow the case against former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn to be dismissed as requested by the Justice Department, likely ending the year years years long, I should say, legal saga. Stemming from the Russia investigation, the abrupt ending came in a two-to-one ruling and order from judges on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia. Uh, Wednesday's court order was direct, ordering that Flynn's petition for a writ of mandibus be granted in part. The district court is directed to grant the government's motion to dismiss, and the district court's order appointing an amicus is hereby vacated as moot in accordance with the opinion of the court filed herein this date. It read, the uh, ruling by the appeals court is a major victory for Flynn and attorney Sidney Powell and a defeat for special counsel Robert Mueller, former FBI director James Comey, and the deep state partisans who had sought to convict Flynn in their pursuit of false allegations of Russian collusion against the uh, president uh, in his 2016 presidential campaign. By the way, Flynn called into Rush Limbaugh's into the show yesterday. It was a surprise for Rush. He said he was stunned. I tell you that I have always believed and fought for our rule of law, Flynn said. The most important thing that we have in this country, bar none, is that we have to make, make it work whether we like it or not. Flynn told Limbaugh that the elections matter and uh, later noted his case is not over. The struggle for this country will never end, Flynn said. Uh, U.S. District Judge Emmett Smith uh, Sullivan, of course, who appointed the f- by uh, former President Bill Clinton, handed uh, Flynn's case uh, since 2017, could request a rehearing on Bank before the full appeals court, and it's possible that one of the other judges on the appeals court could request such a, uh, a hearing. I doubt, though, that they would even accept that. And if they do, I think the result would be exactly the same. So uh, Flynn, now he's uh, also the the gag order that was uh, ordered by the court apparently has been dropped because he's calling into into, uh, Rush Limbaugh's show. Uh, So a tweet, of course, from President Trump, Great Appeals Court upholds Justice Department's request to drop criminal case against Michael Flynn, Trump uh, tweeted. It's great. Well, uh, handwritten notes taken by former FBI agent Peter Strzok 
uh, revealed that the President Barack Obama directed the FBI to continue investigating Lieutenant General Michael Flynn just weeks before he was to become President Trump's national security advisor in a meeting during which Vice President Joe Biden suggested that Flynn violated the Logan Act. So, of course, President uh, Candidate uh, Biden has said, no, Andy didn't know anything about this. I didn't have anything to do with it. Well, up to now, it's been unclear exactly how involved Obama was in the FBI investigation. Schrock's notes are believed to have been taken on January the 4th, 2017, the apparent date of a White House Oval Office meeting with Biden, Obama, FBI Director James Comey, De- Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates, and National Security Advisor Susan Rice. The notes show, according to the uh, filing, that those officials discussed transcript of Flynn's private calls with Russian Ambassador Kislyak and how to proceed with Flynn. Obama himself directed that the right people investigate Flynn. I'll tell you what, this is uh, the notes also show that Biden raised the prospect that Flynn committed a violation of the Logan Act, an obscure 1799 law that prohibited private citizens from conducting diplomacy on behalf of the United States. It's never been successfully prosecuted in court, by the way. The filing noted that the potential Logan Act violation became an admitted pretext to investigate General Flynn. Previously released court documents revealed that the FBI had been moving to uh, close its investigation of Flynn until Schrock personally intervened on the basis that Flynn call had calls with Kislyak. I tell you what, they're they're just the more that comes out, the more you realize that this is all orchestrated from the White House. And uh, the Barr's report, of course, is going to be coming out. A.G. Barr told Mar- Maria Bartiroma this Sunday that the Durham investigation should wind up this summer and we'll know when indictments are handed down from the grand jury. And there should be many, quite frankly. So interesting. The wheels of justice grind slow, but they grind fine. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. Okay, coming up, we're going to visit with Pastor Rick Stevens. He is the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Culture Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards with six full productions this season. But did you know that Gulf Shore Playhouse brings unique theater education programs and opportunities for children, teens, and adults alike? Education is a vital component of Gulf Shore Playhouse's mission, providing programs aimed at enriching the lives of our children, teens, and students of all ages. Each offering provides real-life skills and learning experiences that are invigorating, nurturing, and readily accessible to every member of our community thanks to the scholarships and reduced-price programming for our region's most deserving students. From in-school residencies and pre-professional theater training to community partnerships, audience engagement, and student matinees, the goal is to inspire creativity, encourage self-expression, and support the blossoming of self-confidence, collaboration, and a deep appreciation for the arts. 
With each passing year, Golf Show Playhouse continues to touch the lives of tens of thousands of students throughout Southwest Florida. Isn't it time that a young person in your life finds out more? For more information about student camps and the teen conservatory, visit the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And it's our great season lined up starting out in October. You can get tickets now at a nice discount by visiting the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Byron Donalds, our state representative and candidate for U.S. Congress. Right now we have with us Pastor Rick Stevens. He is the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Pastor Rick, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure, Bob. Thanks for inviting me. My pleasure indeed, Pastor Rick. And for our listeners' benefit, tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Florida Citizens Alliance is a group of people like us. We care about our children. We work together to try to bring about improvements for our children, provide them the best opportunities. We like to focus on solutions to things, not just rail against problems, and try to help bring some light into the improvement process. And Because we think our kids deserve it. We think the kids are smart. They're capable of learning. We just want to help them have the best opportunity and help parents find that best opportunity for their children. Absolutely, and uh, you're doing a great job. I must say, this organization, the Florida Citizens Alliance, has been around about eight years. The traction they've gotten and the influence they now have, have in Tallahassee has been remarkable because the motives are absolutely pure and right. I just encourage our listeners to go to the website, goflca.org, goflca.org. So, Pastor Rick, there's a big event coming up. You're also helping out by helping people learn about the candidates. Yes, education's our focus, and part of education is helping people understand who they're voting for. And the reason that's important is because, particularly obvious these days, is that the people that we elect really make a difference in our lives because of the decisions they're involved in. Mm -hmm. And so we've been sponsoring and conducting a number of candidate forums, and our third, Congressional District 19, uh, online, we're streaming it online, uh, candidate forum is this afternoon at 5, People can find that on our Facebook page, Florida Citizens Alliance, and make that connection there. Of course, we know people can't always watch at the time we conduct these things, so we'll, we'll have the video up uh, probably by tomorrow. It usually is a pretty quick process these days. Then people can go there and watch the forum from today. And of course, we have two other forums. The other Congressional District 19 forums that we conducted are there. And we shouldn't forget the Board of Collier County Commissioners that you helped us with, mm-hmm. and that's there as well on our Florida Action page. That's flcaction.org. So it's different from our from our uh, Florida Citizens Alliance page, but flcaction.org contains the videos of all these forums, and the Board of Collier County Commissioners was a very important one. People should take a look at that and then see what's going on. Yeah. And, and they can enjoy your presence too, Bob. Well, <laughs> thank you for that, Pastor Rick. <laughs> but, you know, the important thing is you can also actually see candidates in juxtaposition and against the other candidates. It really helps you make a decision about, you know, not only the positions you like, but who, who conducts themselves the best, who who actually makes the best decisions, can respond quickly to uh, to the situation. And I think it's, it's so helpful, so much that you can learn. And, again, at 5 o'clock today, or you can watch it online at your convenience. It'll be, it'll be what, I think about an hour and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. Yep. They really are good. And one of the things that we do is we give every candidate the opportunity to answer every question. Yeah. And not every forum does it that way. So people really can see them side by side. You're, you're exactly right on that. Yeah, and I want to point out that they, this is nonpartisan. They're both Democrats, Repu- uh, Republicans, candidates. So that if they're on the ballot, they are invited to participate. Uh, and uh, the, the Florida Citizens Alliance works hard to get uh, people who are not biased and towards one can- candidate or another. So, uh, Pastor Rick, you know, I understand that uh, the, the governor signed an important bill yesterday, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, uh, the legislature passed it earlier this year. People may have missed that in, in all of the other news that's been going on. But the legislature passed, at the governor's encouragement, a bill to raise the base teacher salary in Florida. So a lot of us were wondering, you know, what would happen to the Florida budget, because obviously the, the economy changed with all the virus things. But yesterday, the governor, in a special announcement, signed the bill. 
that will raise the base teacher salary in Florida to 47.5. The significant thing is it makes us number five in the nation now. We went from 26 to five. And, and we think that's an evidence that the governor is looking down the road and, and has a lot of forward thinking on education. And, and we also know, and I think everybody recognizes how absolutely significant a skilled teacher is to helping children learn. It, it is one of the key components. I, I took my granddaughter. She had to drop off her school materials at the end of the online course and pick up the things that she had left in the classroom. And so we did, I figured it would be a pretty straightforward process. But as we were approaching the, the line where we did that from our car, she noticed that it was her teacher that was meeting the cars. And she couldn't have been more excited that it was her teacher she got to see. Wow. And so we salute all of the great teachers. We think this is a big step to encouraging skilled teachers to be a part of, of education in Florida. Well, that's right. And, and the other thing, too, of course, it's uh, we're competitive with other states to be number five right. now. Not only can teachers decide they want to live in Florida, have a work in an improved school system because there are many, so many positive changes that we're seeing in the Florida school system, public school system right now, but also get good starting pay as well, which is uh, pretty pretty remarkable. Very important. We we need to have a good environment to to attract the best people. You're exactly right about that. So, and also, the, I understand you're doing some uh, some uh, seminars on Hope scholarships. Well, yeah, we work with the Department of Education where we have the opportunity, and probably your listeners remember us talking about the Hope Scholarship before. It's really a great, great thing that the state of Florida has done to help children who who find themselves on the wrong end of a bullying type incident. And there are a couple of things that we noticed that, that were not working very well relative to the Hope Scholarship. People weren't aware of it. And so we wanted to, to help tighten up the rules for that so to make sure that parents were notified about the Hope Scholarship and also to make sure that they were helped through the process. Sometimes these processes become burdensome and parents don't know what to do to, to actually get their child to the next step in the scholarship process. And so the department's been looking at the rules related to this. They'll, they'll go to the state school board next month. And we were invited and participated. There weren't too many people participating, but we were uh, a strong voice to advocate for improving this so that our parents know that they have this great option called the Hope Scholarship. It is absolutely phenomenal. No other state in the country has anything like this. And it is a great opportunity for parents and children to really find the best place for their child to learn. It makes so much difference when a kid can go to school and not be afraid, not be intimidated, not worried about what might happen, but know they can go and, and focus on learning and, uh, and really thrive in those environments. So that's, that's the reason for our participation in that workshop. And yeah. we're really glad for the DOE being receptive to that. That is just outstanding. Well, again, wish we had more time to talk about this. But, uh, uh, again, go to the website, uh, goflca.org is the website for the Florida Citizens Alliance. And this afternoon, if uh, you may put it in your schedule, you can go to flcaction.com or .org? .org. 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 For the, yep. uh, for the Congressional District 19 online uh, forum that will be conducted today. Pastor Rick, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Always enjoy talking with you and your audience. Thank you. You, you as well. Thank you so much, Pastor Rick. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Byron Donalds, our state representative, a candidate for U.S. Congress. By the way, he'll be on the dais today uh, at 5 o'clock and participating. So we're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice are the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere 
that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on the board, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. And that's just one of the initiatives you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to be a visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Byron Donalds, our state representative and candidate for U.S. Congress. Byron, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. How are you? I'm well, Byron. I hope you and your family are as well. No, we're doing great. Outstanding. So, hey, I saw your commercial. It's really outstanding, and uh, it's nice to see you on air, Byron. Tell us about how's how's the campaign going. Uh, the campaign's actually going very, very well. Uh, we, you know, like I said a couple of weeks ago, we gotta have the support of the Club for Growth, which is the the leading uh, free market um, political action committee in the country, and you know their support has been tremendous for our race. Uh, fundraising is going incredibly well. Uh, support on the ground from from voters, whether it's our teams out canvassing, knocking on doors, or or when we do congressional forums, and and the response from those have been fantastic. Uh, you know, we feel we're in a, a real great spot to be successful. So we just want to just really our our goal right now is to just keep our head down, keep working hard. And hopefully we have a favorable result on August 18th. Absolutely, which is the date of the primary. Well, you you know you've got my support, and uh, I encourage all of us uh, to first of all know who the candidates are, but second of all, Byron Donalds is a great candidate. Uh, he is the best candidate in my opinion. So I hope you'll vote for Byron Donalds. All you can go to byrondonalds.com and uh, make a contribution. Of course, money is the mother milk of politics, so uh, support Byron in that way. Byron, no, I just want to get your thought on a couple things that are going on. First of all, we're seeing a little spike in this coronavirus. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, listen, I think it's important to understand that, well, number one, we're doing more testing now than we ever have at any point. Mm-hmm. Um, the second part is people are going back to work. People are going back to their normal lives. You can just tell by normal road congestion, uh, driving around Naples. Even even now, it's, it's June, and sometimes I'm driving around the streets of Naples, and you can tell that the people just want to be out they want to be mobile. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a this is a virus that is easy to contract. I don't want to. I want to be clear on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even in, in areas like Immokalee, where they have seen the number of cases rise substantially, it is probably the the one zip code in the state of Florida that has the most uh, positive cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, the level of hospitalization rate has not changed. Right. Um, when when I know we talk to uh, CEOs of our local hospitals. They continue to say they have capacity to treat the people who need to be treated with intensive care, whether it's a ventilator or need to have a hospital stay or even an extended hospital stay. They still have capacity to do this. So even though people are going back to their normal lives, people are beginning to re-interact with each other um, in our economy through, through various means, 
Um, our hospital system has still has the ability to take care of those who 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 need extensive help. Right. And I think that's a really calm concern. I think if you are somebody in a vulnerable population um, over the age of 65 or you have outstanding respiratory illnesses and, and other illnesses like that, then you need to do everything you can to take care of yourself, uh, be extra precautious, wear a mask if that's what you feel that you need to do to protect yourself. I totally recommend people to do that. Um, but, Bob, what we can't do is we can't go back into a series of shutdowns. Right. Uh, that would have a crippling and disastrous effect on, on our country overall. Uh, we can get through a virus because what we're seeing is, frankly, young people are the ones who are getting it now mm -hmm. um, because they're out and about and they're going back and they're, frankly, doing the things that young people do, which is hanging out with each other, going out to places. Um, but the hosp hospitalization rate has not increased. Right. And that's the key figure. I talked with three different physicians about this, uh, people who run health clinics around the country, and what they're tracking is hospitalization rates. They're not tracking the number of cases. They understand something like this, you're going to get it. Well, most people, if they do get it, what's going to happen is they're going to have a scratchy throat, they might have a fever for a day or two, and then they'll just move on and, and their body will recover, like we do with other sicknesses. Right. Uh, I think that's great advice. Rule of thumb I've heard is that uh, about 70% of the population is going to contract uh, the uh, virus, uh, and about uh, your chances of dying from the virus, about 1 in 400 if you contract it. So, in other words, it's, it's less than the flu, and, and uh, those that are most susceptible, again, those that have compromised immune systems, so they need to just take extra, extra precaution. So I appreciate your summary on that, Byron. I also wanted to ask you culturally what's going on politically with the tearing down statues and what were the, the violence that we're seeing. I know it's a smaller group of people that are participating, but it's creating havoc in our society. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm very, very concerned about this. Frankly, you have people who are out in the streets and you know the the civil protests surrounding the death of, of George Floyd and, and, and Breonna Taylor, those have now subsided. And what you're seeing now, frankly, are just anarchists. Mm -hmm. And they are the ones that are now out on our streets. They're ripping down statues. They, they're, they're wanting to cleanse history or whitewash history, if you will, um, frankly, because of their feelings. And I think this is, this is not the way a civil society should ever conduct itself. Um, yeah, there are probably some statues and monuments that are offensive to me as a black American, but that doesn't mean I have the right to tear down a statue that has been put in place for decades. I think what we should be doing is if there's something that is offensive to you, you make you take the opportunity to educate your fellow citizens about what that statue or monument means, what it stands for, um, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. If you truly want to make America a better country or a more perfect union, you don't do that by, frankly, using the tactics of the Nazis, which is you start ripping down history. Um, you don't do that by taking by using the the, the the historical impulses of the Marxists and the left, which is to rewrite history so that nobody can ever learn what happened before, that you then begin to teach the only things that exist. Um, that's the wrong way to go. Frankly, it, re it, it breeds resentment mm -hmm. amongst, our, amongst people. You know, once this current flashpoint in American history dies down, uh, you're going to have a lot of American citizens who are not going to be receptive to some of the some of the ideas that might be coming from people who are in these movements. Right? Yeah. They're not going to be very receptive to me um, because I just simply don't agree with the way they're going about going about this. I think tearing down monuments is wrong. I think that the president is absolutely right. I believe he just issued an executive order that, that uh, U.S. Marshals are going to go out and start protecting these monuments and statues, as they should. Uh, Christy Noem, the, the governor of South Dakota, has, has implicitly said, nobody's going near Mount Rushmore, don't even try it, and she's correct to do so. I think it's time for tough leadership and real leadership here, because I will tell you, I, don't, I think Republicans, Democrats, Independents, um, frankly, all Americans are just really disheartened with what we're seeing occur, yeah. and it's really got to stop. I also think it's funded. Uh, there's there's money behind this, and I think it's a movement to try and uh, discredit the United States of America and undermine the rule of law. Frankly, I hope we, uh, William Barr, our Attorney General, gets to the bottom of this and maybe to the top of it by uh, going up the food chain and, and getting those who are uh, trying to create havoc in our country. Oh, I totally agree, and I think that's what we got to do. It's, this is an important thing to note. Uh, this comes down to leadership. 
Um, in Wisconsin, they ripped down a statue uh, of of a of a gentleman who was actually an abolitionist yeah. who fought to free the slaves, but they ripped his statue down, not knowing who the person was. Yeah, and, and so this is what's going on, and I think it's important. It is incumbent on governors to step up and do the right thing. Uh, you have to put down these these radicalized protests. These radicalized they're not even protests. Uh, this is vandalism. Yep. This is abuse of public property. Uh, this stuff needs to be put down. Law and order must be restored. If you're ever going to get to a place where you can sit down and have a real conversation about what the country is going to do to address some of the issues that do occur in our society, but going through going down this path of of, of vandalism um, and destruction of public property is simply not the way. It doesn't respect the rights and, frankly, the taxpayers of of our country right. who may agree or may not disagree with these movements. That's not the point. The point is, is that you got to have law and order. You got to have peace. You have to have, have tranquility if you're going to have the type of change that some of these people who are supporting these radical movements want to th- think they want to achieve. Yeah, Byron Donalds. Again, the website is byrondonalds.com. Byrondonalds.com. Byron, I genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Bob. You have a wonderful day. You as well, Byron. Thank you. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For the best in food and drink, as well as great live entertainment, go to the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar. Formerly known as Weekend Willie's, the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar has terrific new local owners offering a great new upscale decor and a fabulous new menu. Linda and I are weekly regulars to hear live blues, but you can stop by anytime for great food and drink, to watch your favorite sporting event, or to hear great live entertainment five nights a week. The Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar is located at 5310 Shirley Street, just off Pine Ridge Road, and it's open from 11 a.m. until close every day. Visit the website dogtoothnaples.com or call 431-7004. That's 431-7004. I hope we'll see you there. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you by, I'm going to do underscore uh, St. Matthew's House, that commercial. I hope you'll patronize their seven businesses. Uh, it creates about 70% of their revenue, also make a contribution. And, you know, Lulabee's Diner does a great job of supporting St. Matthew's House. Uh, they're over there in the Green Tree Shopping Center. A lot of construction going on over there, but they're open for business on for breakfast or lunch. Uh, Lulabee's Diner, uh, a great place to have breakfast or uh, lunch. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. We exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and it's been a bad century. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, hopefully, well, a lot you can say about that. Uh, Seton, you wrote a column about, uh, unfortunately, we can't decouple from communist China by Friday. In other words, it's not a short-term proposition. Maybe you can tell us about it. Well, you you know, as was proven in the early 20th century, you you can't turn the Titanic on a dime. Um. We didn't get into this mess in a week and a half, and we can't get out of it in a week and a half. Um, a lot of people point to the 
global decision in 2001 to allow China into the World Trade Organization, our problem goes way further back than that. Um, we go back to 1979 when we voted the f for, for the first time to allow the most favored nation trade status, which is predated by Nixon's first trip to President Richard Nixon's first trip to China in, two th in uh, 1972. Mm -hmm. So we've been building this problem for a long time, and now we're intertwined with them. Very, it's, it's a very gnarled and tangled situation we have now, and you can't just extract yourself from that overnight. It can't be done. Um, a lot, as we saw during the stupid China virus shutdown, um, a lot of our economy is predicated upon work we're doing in China. Mm -hmm. um, Ninety plus percent of our prescription drugs, very stupidly, come from China. I mean, we <laughs> we've done a lot of we've buried a lot of very dumb uh, and very you know some not so vital, but you know very vital parts of our economy in China. Right, and you you can't undo that overnight. Um, you know, it's not just you know if, if we just said okay, everybody stop in China. We've got hundreds of billions of dollars of investment in American companies in China, mm -hmm. which means they would have, you know, you, they can't shift to India by Friday. They can't shift to, you know, Ohio by Friday. Um, this is going to take some time. The best we can do as far as that's concerned is, okay, no more investment in China, and as quickly as humanly possible, find somewhere else to start building your next factory or building your next whatever uh, that, that was in China, find someplace else for it now. Mm -hmm. But no more investment in China. Stop feeding the beast. Um, and, and, of course, a lot of our economy is national security stuff that's buried in China. You know, we're leading the world in 5G wireless technology in large part because of stuff we're doing in China. Yeah. Uh, manufacturing of chips and that sort of thing. Again, if we stopped and said, if we just said, stop, move somewhere else, by the time we rebuilt, you know, all the infrastructure we have in China somewhere else, we'd have handed five, global 5G leadership to China, which mm -hmm. we obviously do not want to do. Right. So it's, you know, I, 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 my, my concern was, when, when, when the 5G thing hit, one of my concerns was, the, it was a double-edged sword. Um, more and more people would be aware of just how enmeshed in China we are, but then they'd say, well, let's get out of there right now. And I, I don't, that's the other side of the coin, and I, I, we can't do that. It's, it's, it would be economic suicide, um, national security suicide, to just stop. We can't do it. It took 50 years to get here. We can't stop it in five days. Yeah, so let me share another concern with you. As, uh, as I understand it, the Communist Chinese Party owns Smithfield uh, uh, Foods and other organizations and other companies here in the United States. In other words, the, the tentacles of Communist China. Oh, yeah. We, there, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a group of uh, D.C. Uh, departments, uh, de defense, Commerce, um, the NSA, you know, national security agencies that form a, a panel called CFIUS, and it's the Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S. And they've been dropping the ball for a long time on China. They've been allowing a lot of internal purchases by with Chinese money that they never should have allowed, like including stuff like Smithfield, you know, ham. I mean, it's a bunch of things. You know, they own. They own part of a port in Long Beach, uh, California. What are what? you talking about? Yes. And, and, um, they also own, by the way, they, they're pretty much dominating the Panama Canal now. They have ports on both sides of the Panama Canal. A friend of mine lives in Panama, and he says there's so many Chinese going through Panama Customs, they get their own line. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So, and that's, you know, I mean, that we've been asleep at the switch for a long time. This is a long protracted, deep problem, we can't solve it by Friday. Just can't do it. Yeah, so, I, I mean, for one, what we're hearing from, uh, for example, our senators here in Florida, which uh, Senators Scott and Rubio, uh, are both are suggesting buy American, don't buy communist Chinese. Well, I think that e right. even if there's a little extra cost involved, do it, because I think that's well, an... I wrote, a, I wrote a piece, I think, in December of last year. We could sell to, but not buy from, communist China. 
Yeah. Uh, because that way, you know, look, speaking of 5G, if we're selling them our chipsets to go in their cell phones, because remember, they have 1.3 billion customers. This is why the world sells out the U.S. to China. We saw it with the World Health Organization and the virus. China sprinkles our money, we give them our money, and they bribe global officials so that when something like the Wuhan flu starts, the, the, the allegedly independent World Health Organization toes the ridiculous communist Chinese party line that maybe it started here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Because they're bought and paid for by China. We also have an additional math problem, which is if we said right now today, stop with China, everybody, stop with China. Well, we have a third of a billion people. They have 1.3 billion people. I'm not sure how many of the countries would be on our side. Yeah, no, exactly right. Nevertheless, and by the way, uh, because you're an expert on this 5G business, I looked at my phone the other day and I noticed it said 5G. Sure, we're getting there. We're getting there. So, I mean, is my company, can I assume from that that my company's offering or is using 5G now? Uh, yes, all of them are working towards it. And it's just a question of what part of the country you're in and how much, how much in, you know, development of 5G they have in your network, in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. They're going to transition us all to 5G. And they're, they're, they're obviously, the, the parts they've built, they're trying to get online as quickly as possible. And you're you're sometimes you know swerving into you know maybe your house hopefully your house you you've got five G yeah um and 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 they're they're all trying to get there believe me they're all working to get there as quickly as possible and they're they're incorporating what they built as quickly as possible. Seat Motley again, the founder and president of Less Government. You can visit lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seat, I always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day, sir. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. All right. Coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs, at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulubee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And you can get season tickets now by visiting the website, gulfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples. He always be the mayor to me, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Bob, it's my pleasure, as, as always. 
You know, uh, I saw in the in fact we talked about it earlier in the show that we're now ranked as the number two small city in the nation, uh, ranked on several areas. It, uh, something to be proud of. Number two in the in the nation to uh, choose uh, where to live. I credit that all to the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Well, thanks, Bob. <laughs> I, I I don't know if. Uh... We have a, by the way, we have a, a um, an echo here. I don't know if it's coming across on yours or not. It's not. Uh, so uh, you sound oh, okay, good, good, but I'm sorry. I'm, right. I'm sure it's kind of irritating, but uh, apologize for that. No, it's fine. Um, yeah, I I saw that uh, that that number two and ranking, and that was um, I they they had a population in there of of um, x amount of people. Yeah. From so from what to what, but. Um, so I think it's really it's it's all of Naples, but I thought that was uh, I thought that was that was great kudos to us as always all those years. Uh, uh, each year we always receive something, yeah. you know, and good good kudos too. Yeah, number what happiest uh, city in the nation is one oh, happiest healthiest. Yep, healthiest. Yep, we had that. All those things. So I mean, it's, I think it's a great population, great people that are living here in the community. And by the way, Bill, I stopped by the sheriff substation. The second time I'm saying this on the show, it really made me feel good. Though I hadn't seen any uh, sheriff's officers or police officers, so I went in and said I would uh, just wanted to thank them for their service and what they do because I know they're taking a lot of flack nationally, and I just could right. want to give them some encouragement and thank them for what they're doing. I just encourage all of us to do that. I think that's a that was a, a a great gesture. They definitely appreciate that, especially in especially in today's times. Um, you know, um, uh, we were um, talking um, uh, prior to going on the air about a uh, a couple of things. The uh, the COVID nineteen. No. Um, any thoughts that I had on it? Well, you know, Bob, I, I, I it's no wonder that it that it is. Um, Increasing like it is, if you just look at uh, around the country of the well, the protesters for one, you know, yeah. wall to wall, yeah. um, and that had to be a, a huge um, uh, uh, reason for this for the spread, and uh, also, you know, a lot of people um, at some of the beaches. Not, I'm not talking about our beaches at all, but um, when you look around the country, of some of the pictures that they show are like unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So that's not surprising to me, but. You know, I do think that it would be a great idea if all the businesses, um, uh, I'm not talking about outdoors at all, um, but if all the businesses, when you go into a store, you wear a mask. Mm-hmm. It takes, what, I mean, how much of your daily life is that going to take up? And I think that's about the only proven thing is the fact that it is the social distancing and it is the, you know, I'm wearing that mask to protect you. Mm-hmm. I want you to wear yours to protect me. Mm-hmm. But that's just my opinion. I mean, there's so many out there. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts are, I think, uh, what I've, the the opinion and the piece that I read that, that makes the most sense to me is that about 70% of the population is going to get contract COVID-19. Uh, and whether we lock down or have these draconian measures or not, it's just going to slow down the process because inevitably there's going to be 70% of us. Right. They get it. And then out of that 70%, most of us are just going to have mild symptoms. Uh, up about one in four hundred, about point two five percent of uh, the population that get it are going to die from it. Right, and that's primarily people who have uh, compromised immune systems, older folks, and right. that kind of thing. So, you know, to me, uh, to change our lives, uh, we these the the flu actually is. <laughs> More, more is worse than uh, than uh, what we're seeing with COVID nineteen. So my opinion is we should live our lives. Do take precautions because I mean you, you don't want to spread right. this thing. But the, uh, to your point, I think uh, it should be a, a, maybe a recommendation. I just don't want to see more rules and draconian measures taken by government. That would be my thought. Right, and right, and and, I, and that part of it I can certainly understand. But the common sense part of it is. You know, like I go, I, like you know, you go into Publix or wherever you shop, and and half have masks on and half don't have masks on, and yep. you know, there's nobody's nobody's forcing anybody to do anything, but um, I don't want someone sneezing on me. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, I don't want to catch it. I get yeah. that. <laughs> right. Right. So I I understand it's a personal it's a personal preference, but um, uh, and and you happen to be correct. You can get it, uh, and the majority of us are going to be okay. Were you tested? I haven't been tested. Have you? 
Yeah, we got Chris and I got it got tested and we're negative. Um, but that test is only as good as the uh, as the day that you get done, got it done because who's who's to say you don't get it the next day, right? Exactly Unless right. You got a lock. Exactly Unless right. You're going to lock yourself in your house. And so. and just because you may be exposed to it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get it. So uh, right, right. And exactly. the and the, so. from what I understand, the six foot thing is a uh, it's a precaution. I get that, and it's a rule of thumb. But you know, you can get it from 13 feet, or you can uh, actually hug somebody and not get it who has it. So. Right, right, right. Exactly. So exactly. So yeah. Hey, so the final thing well, I want to ask you about, yeah. Bill, is um. Uh, I'm getting a little turned off. Uh, the San Francisco's 49ers are going to fly a Black Lives Matter flag at Levi's Stadium as a fr- franchise contingent in support of uh, the fight against racial inequality. I mean, th- to me, this is my reaction to that. It turns me off to professional sports. I don't know how you feel about it. Well, I, it won't turn me off to professional sports, per se. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, the line that's drawn, Bob, I think we Gone, gone a little bit overboard on that. Um, I, I, I appreciate it, and and the thing I think that that turns me off, or that I wonder about, and we won't have enough time to cover it today. But mm-hmm. if you're a historian, okay, a real historian, and everything, and taking down these statues mm-hmm. that that exhibit um, that ex- exhibit racial uh, uh, intolerance and everything else, um, I understand. But I don't necessarily think that why, why do you want to destroy history? Because really and truly, you want, you want your kids to learn about that. You're not displaying that because you're proud of it. Mm-hmm. Those are displayed because they are history, period. Mm-hmm. And when you go and you, and you destroy something like that, um, you really are destroying a piece of history. Yeah, That's all it is. Well, plus, but, the, plus know, the process of it, too. I mean, if, if you, there's a statue that we shouldn't have in our community, there's a process for handling that. You're correct. Des- you're destroying private property, our government property. When you're doing that, you have no right to do that. That is, uh, that is uh, unlawful. Exactly. There is a way and a proper way to do that. And you say, look, this, this statue definitely does not belong here, okay? Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll move it or it'll, uh, you know, but can't let vandals come in there and just you know just destroy property and i think that uh i think the president has made a pretty uh, strong point about that absolutely and and uh, you know it's it started with uh perhaps uh, taking down the statue of robert e lee whoever it might be but now right. it's now it's lincoln and jefferson yeah, and washington and, and they're talking about right exactly i mean you where do you draw the line Sure, if you look hard enough, you you know you can find a whole bunch of others. Say, well, oh, this here's a connection. Yeah. You know, it's got to go. Absolutely. So I I I think we've gone a little bit overboard on this. That's nope. just my personal opinion. No question. Well, I appreciate your personal opinion, Bill. You've made great decisions as a leader in uh, Naples, both on city council and as our mayor. And I just point out to our listeners that uh, that's a, a career of public service of more than twenty five years. So we thank you for that. Well. Thank you. And, and speaking of our leader, Bob, uh-huh. I haven't seen hide nor hair of her. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're talking about bro, Teresa Heitman is who you're speaking of. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, no, no comments. Now, people have been writing in and, you know, where, why doesn't somebody do something? And it's like, I'm just rolling my eyes. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill, I just genuinely appreciate your friendship. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. My pleasure, Bob, and you have a, have a great day and a good weekend, okay? You as well. Thank you so much. Well, he's saying that's a good admonition for all of us. We need to stay safe. But, uh, again, this COVID-19 thing, well, I just have to watch that. But quite frankly, I think uh, the disease is mutating. My personal belief from what I see is the hospitalizations are not going up. In fact, we have, what did I say, uh, 280 folks that have been hospitalized here in Cuyahoga County, but most of them have been released uh, from the hospital. So, uh, anyhow, it's a, it's a concern. But we should, we've got to live our lives, right? We have to continue to work and continue to be productive. That's important, too. Well, that's our wrap here in today's show. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobhardenhotmail.com. Also, continue to patronize uh, the advertisers on the show. I couldn't do it without uh, their support. 
Uh, coming up tomorrow, we're going to visit with Bob Levy, the chairman of the Cato Institute. We're going to continue our discussion on immigration reform, law, and policy. We'll visit with Sharon Kenny, the author of Where Should We Eat? We'll also visit with Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep. We'll get an update on union activity and uh, policy uh politics. And we'll also visit with Dr. Keith Smith, who's advocating for uh, get rid of the draconian regulations that prohibit people from getting quick fixes from the hospital and from doctors. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.